What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Got Cameron on here again today. A little nap time recording for me. Cameron's working from home. Don't tell his boss he's taking a break to record a podcast. Um, (laughs) But uh, we are, uh, we're going to talk sheepshead fishing. Uh, It's a great time of year to start catching them inshore. You can definitely still catch them offshore. Definitely still catch them uh, offshore. And so we're going to go over... um, some of the ways that we like to target sheep's head, where we like to target sheep's head, and uh, some effective ways to fish for them. We've talked about them in the past, but uh, as I always share, you know, bringing in new people, talking, you know, me and Cameron haven't talked sheep's head fishing together on here. Um, so you can learn something, you know, from everyone. Everyone's got a little different take or a little different style of how they fish for different fish. Um, so hopefully this will uh, be effective for y'all. Uh, we, Me and Cameron both spoke at a fishing club last night. And we were riding home, and we were surprised at the amount of people that you know came up and said that they hadn't sheepshead fish because it's just such a easy access fish. Cameron was talking about how you know it's such an easy fish to go target on a crappy day when you really can't do anything else. Um, so it's definitely something that's nice to know how to do, something good to have in your back pocket for those those not snotty days. So um, I'll go ahead and bring Cameron on here. What's up, dude? Not much. Uh, it's uh, it's a pretty little backdrop out there. All your leaves look like they're different colors, like it's fall, but I, I'm sure it's just the computer camera. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're least. dying from this no rain. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see all the leaves come back after the winter. It is. It's a beautiful thing, Cameron. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Spring. Well, I'm going to let you start it off. Um, let's talk about kind of what you look for in mm-hmm. a near, near or inshore sheepshead fishing i'm gonna run yeah. i've got i just mowed the lawn i got a bunch of stuff in my throat and i didn't realize it until i started talking so i'm gonna run and grab a drink real quick and i'm gonna let you start talking about inshore fishing sheepshead spots what what what's productive okay yeah i think um for me like judson said he said it's one of those species um that's fun to target when it's super windy or when it's really cloudy um, and and it's just kind of cruddy weather because um, you don't really generally need to go too far, in my opinion, or at least from where I usually put in. And um, you can make a day out of just um, not going far from the ramp and catching sheep's head. Um, but as far as what to look for, I'd say obviously structure um, and generally structure that has – a lot of growth on it because sheep's head will mainly like if you've ever caught one or looked at one at the fish market or, or what have you they have those really big like almost human teeth oh yeah um that they use for you know eating barnacles sea urchins crabs what have you and all that stuff tends to hang out on pilings or, or bridge pilings or hard bottom and reefs and uh wrecks and whatever um so anything that looks like it's got a decent amount of growth on it uh, i would say it's generally good spots to target i don't know um judd maybe you know better than i do but it's as far as like current is concerned um i'm not sure how like if current plays a big factor in being a, a productive spot or not because they're not really feeding on like bait fish getting pushed by right Right, they're more so, they're more so just focused on what's on the piling. Yeah, um, no, I think it, it can be, 
I've been surprised at how heavy of current areas I have caught sheep's head, but you're usually catching them like in the eddy or behind, out of the current. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've ever hooked fish in super heavy. I mean, I've definitely hooked sheep's head in good current, but like I said, I think there's always some good some good cover there. I think that's a good point too. Um, and you'll probably have to correct my use of words on this, but when I like find a piling or a bridge that I want to fish, um, I'll fish on the far side of the current, right? So like in the, if the, if the current is coming from North to South, I'll fish on the South end of the, of that piling yeah. where all that, where the eddy forms, just because typically those sheep's head will kind of hang out in that non-current water. Um, and I'll get right up on the piling and drop, drop it straight down. I feel like when I first started sheep's head fishing, I thought it was like, oh, you just pull up like somewhat close to structure and you cast over to it. Right, right. When really it's like you have to be right next to it and essentially just vertically hanging your bait or whatever you're using straight down on that piling. Yeah. And then trying different depths. I think it's important, like sitting it on the bottom for, you know, maybe a minute, reeling it up five feet or four feet, depending on how deep uh, of water you're fishing, trying that and then maybe one other water depth and then if nothing i'll just move on to the next piling because sometimes uh like one piling will be completely dead and then like three pilings over will be loaded that's so true it's crazy how they can they can get like that where they're on one specific piling um but i've seen that happen for sure as well and and fishing like you know bottom or whatnot or structure you'll find them on one corner of like the structure on the bottom or one corner of like piece of a live bottom those fish move around yeah. but i think they're definitely uh you know they're ju- just how a redfish is like drawn to a specific part in a creek or whatnot i think you can kind of mm-hmm. see that with the sheep set on that structure too there's like productive areas for them to be scavenging um yeah and then the the other thing i would say is as far as like equipment you want to bring for fishing that type of stuff depending on like if you're fishing a bridge or pilings, you probably don't have to worry about it too much if you're just fishing like docks and whatnot. But if you're fishing a bridge, definitely would recommend um, bumpers. Yeah. And a, like a, a rope to tie off, like a long rope to tie off to one of the pilings on. Um, and maybe you can use like a towel or what have you, but the you can definitely <laughs> scrape up your gel coat or your rub rail if you're not... Um, compared to like fish right next to the piling yeah it's, i mean we're talking like pull your boat up tight to the piling it's when you want mm-hmm. a little aluminum john boat it's like a great thing to yeah. do on an aluminum john boat or just a boat you're not scared about scratching up the sides but uh, i've seen some stuff people have made like some pvc caps to go over their gunnels and stuff like that where you can you know like uh, this one dude i saw had uh cut a pvc pipe like not hat in half but like cut a cut a good chunk out of it and then put foam in there and then could pop that onto his gunnel as he pulled mm-hmm. up next to the dock um, and it would keep it from from scraping but i mean uh, uh, you can have some great days of sheepset fishing around here especially oh, yeah. right now you can go catch you know 10 12 and a lot of times you'll catch a redfish or a black drum mixed in with them uh, mm-hmm. fishing vertically like that so it's crazy how um if you're you know if you're tied up well and you're not making too much noise how close those fish will get to your boat and eat i mean they're used to swimming around structure so your boat sitting there is just you know, as long as you're not loud on or anything, it's just like part of that structure. But mm-hmm. w- what do you think might be too shallow to vertically target sheep's head? 
Um, I'd say, and I don't know because I thought it needed to be at least like say five or six feet to really like have a good chance of catching some. Right. But last year in the summer, you know, just because of time restraints, I had to go at like a dead low tide and the pilings that they had been hanging out on, um, in the previous weeks were like pretty close up to the edge of the intercoastal and it was probably like three feet deep and for whatever reason they they didn't bite as well but you we were still catching them um in that almost shallower water but i I would say in general um five to six plus feet yeah for sure so do you agree with that yeah i agree with that like you said you can catch them a little shallower for sure but the the deeper you have you got the more comfortable they are uh, it seems like on the bridge pilings, especially around Wrightsville Beach, they like that like five to eight feet of water, four to eight yeah. feet of water for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's funny, like you can, uh, it's funny to think about depth and like how far fish are away. So like when you think of 20 feet deep, you're like, God, that's super deep. Like we don't need to be all that quiet. We're fishing 20 feet of water. We're not going to spook these fish. But if you think about that, that's just typically like a little longer or a little shorter than like your average boat. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you flip a boat on it from end to end, 20 feet, that's nothing. So, like, if you're loud on your boat, if you're walking around, rocking your boat, like, that's very close to those fish. Um, and, and someone shared that with me one time, and I, putting it in perspective, we're, like, sitting on my skiff, and I'm, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's a foot and a half longer than this. <laughs> so, like, that's how deep you are. That's how far away you are from those fish. Um, yes, it it becomes very real. It's the same thing as being 20 feet away from a fish when you're sight fishing. You know, mm-hmm. you can very easily spook a fish at 20 feet. Yeah. So distance yeah. wise seems shorter in my head than depth, but that's not the case. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about baits that we use? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else current or spot wise. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention, um, and I forget to bring this sometimes and I'm always kicking myself, but is a paint scraper. Yeah. Um, pulling up to a piling, um, Pretty much everyone I pull up to, I'll scrape a, chisel some barnacles off and whatnot to try and get a little bit of scent out in the water. And then um, that'll sometimes bring them in or turn the bite on. Um, But people have also told me, and I've seen for myself, that if you do too much, they'll just eat all those barnacles that are getting chiseled off, and then they'll be full and they won't eat your crabs or whatever. That's crazy. um, like I, I talked about this a little bit last night, but I've cut one open before that uh, where we did that, and it was one of the first times I ever did it. And I chiseled like a ton of barnacles off, and his stomach was completely full of all those shavings. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. He's just sitting back there in the current like, well, this is the easiest day I've eaten ever. Yeah, this is the easiest meal I've ever had. That's awesome. Yeah, the paint scrapers is- uh, is clutch and I will say be careful when you're scraping those barnacles with a paint scraper it honestly doesn't even hurt to have a glove on because as you're sitting there going like this I've done it before and like slipped and hit my knuckles across the tops of the barnacles and sliced them up pretty good yeah uh, not fun but uh, well yeah I think um, bridge pilings um, you know rock piles uh, it doesn't hurt to idle around those bridges too and find like isolated pieces of structure because they're not just going to be on the pilings you can also catch them on dock pilings um and one one area to one way to target sheep's head that's so effective is from a kayak or a canoe 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have access to a kayak or canoe, and you can put it in at like the public access near a, near uh, a bridge, and you can spend a whole day just paddling around that bridge catching sheepshead. I guarantee you, there's more sheepshead on that bridge than you can catch in a day, and yeah. so. Um, it's just a good way to get out there. You're not worried about beating a boat up too bad. Um, so if you don't have a boat or you have or you have a kayak, I would rather use that. I mean, it'd be a really, really good way. You're sneakier. You're quieter. Uh, it's a good good way to target those sheep's head in shallow water. Yeah. Um, well, share a little bit about some of the different jigs that we've kind of come to like to fish. And, and, and maybe start out talking about how we both of you and I started fishing with Carolina rigs for sheep's head and how that's kind of changed. Yep. Yeah, so... Um... I guess I was taught to fish sheep's head with a Carolina rig and I'm, I just never have been a huge fan of Carolina rigs, at least for like what I do. Yeah. One, they, they take a little time to tie. Um, they get tangled really easy. If something breaks, uh, like if your weight gets caught or something, you're essentially having to like redo the whole rig. Um, so it, it's, it, they're effective, but, um, not quite as effective, I think, as some of the other options that are out there. Um, agreed. Yes. Yeah, so, what'd you say? I said agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's so like, I think you have um, buddies that were using these, and uh, they've just been game changers for me. But one of which is one of these bottom sweeper. Yeah. Rigs. Oh yeah. Um, and they come in different weights and different hook sizes and, and everything but these have been great and i think one thing that makes a big difference and i hadn't really thought about it until you you've brought it up but because this goes attaches straight to your line you can feel the bike like way easier and with those carolina rigs um it just wasn't as easy to feel the bite so you'd end up missing a lot of fish um just due to that little piece of uh mono or fluorocarbon whatever you're using that's coming off the off the back of the right uh, carolina rig so that's been a game changer for me um and then there's another company um i think they just i'm not sure when they started um but they make some really cool similar jigs it's called 432 fishing and they like can put different color powder coats on their um on their jigs and and they also make um, where, where did you find those? I haven't seen those. He, this guy, actually reached out to me on social media, mm-hmm. um, and and was like essentially just asked to send me some nice. and try them out. Those are and, sweet. Uh, yeah, they're really cool looking. Honestly, they they look like some of the colors that he's provided really look like what the side of a piling with growth on it would look like. Oh, really? That's sick. Uh, yeah. So they. Um, I haven't tested them out yet, but it'll be interesting to see if color really makes a difference. I'm not re- really sure. I've always thought, like, why is somebody not making one of those that's painted like a like a little mud crab or like a little fiddler crab, like the co- color of it or like the shell, so it looks like two little fiddler crabs together, you know, and yeah. you pop a crab on there. I mean, I don't know if you can – here, let me pull one of these out. You can kind of see the color a little better, but – caught in the plastic all right here we go can you see the color on this oh yeah that looks killer it looks like you know the growth on the side on the side of a piling yeah supernatural looking like is that kind of what he's going for did he tell you that's what what he's going for with those colors i'm not i'm not really sure i hadn't asked him what 
uh, inspired him to do these different colors, but um, I think they look really good. Heck yeah. And and again, like these these type of jigs are are great for fishing structure for like redfish, black drum. Um, I think you know fishing near shore reefs and what have you. Definitely. I feel and like the, I've been saying what have you a lot lately. I probably need to take what? it down. What have you? What have you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I will say I've never fished anything other than like crab on those jigs. There might be applications for it. There might be people that do. Um, but to me, those are like crab jigs, you know, like a yeah. bottom sweeper. That one you were talking about. First Flight makes um, some some jigs. Um, that work really well. The Carolina Treat, which is like a swing jig, and he has a shape that's like the one that um, bottom sweeper in four three two one. Is that what you were saying? Four three two one jigs. Four three two one fishing. Four three two oh, one sorry. fishing. Four three four three two fishing. Four three two fishing. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just uh, they're they're you know built for that subtle bite or that like picky bite on a crab, um, and can be super effective. The one thing that I have found. Is I wish I had one. Do you have a first flight Carolina treat jig with you? Is that the football one? That's the football one. Yep, got it right here. Okay, so was, for everyone listening, with it. for everyone listening, it's first flight lures. Uh, it's called a Carolina treat jig. So essentially, it's a football shaped jig with a, with an articulating hook right off the back of it. So it's like those jigs we were just showing you, except the the football shape is is long ways instead of like vertical on the hook. Um, and I've found fit when I'm fishing, like on a bridge piling and whatnot, bottom sweepers all day or like those fixed hook jigs. But when I'm fishing the bottom and I'm letting that jig touch the bottom, like maybe out in the ocean or fishing a rock pile or oyster bar in deeper water um, or a wreck or something like that, that, that uh, Carolina treat jig works so well because you can always get it out. You can, you can drop mm-hmm. it down in there. I mean, I lose some, but you can get it out of almost everything. Like that shape, that football shape uh, was designed or was kind of founded in the bass fishing world um, with football head jigs for fishing over, you know, rock. And that was because you could really always pop it and wiggle it and get it through little cracks and rocks and stuff like that. So that's kind of, I think, where Gene, Gene's the, the dude who makes those Carolina treat jigs, first flight lures, um, that is where he, I think, got the idea for that shape. At least I'm giving him the credit for that. Um, I could be wrong. But it's a... Uh, a super effective way to fish them. Um, yeah. Those those sheep said, you know, sometimes they're they're sitting right there on the bottom, along with redfish and black drum. If it's like a some structure on the bottom, so you're kind of sitting there bouncing it on the bottom. Every once in a while, you'll get you'll get hung up, and being able to wiggle it out is, is pretty pretty clutch. Mm-hmm. And I'll say too, just to give that four three two fishing guy another shout out, he does make something similar to this as well, and he'll he'll powder coat this weight. Oh well, sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I need to. Uh, I need to check those out. I've got acquiring quite the collection of. Uh, um, well, crab jigs. Crab jigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just coined the term and I forgot it already. Speaking of jigs, this has nothing to do with the sheep's head. But um, again, for those of y'all listening, you won't be able to see them. I have been working on something with uh, the guy. This guy NC Sinkers in Raleigh. He does a bunch of lead pouring and jig painting for fun. Um, and we've been trying to get a little tiny, tiny casting jig dialed in for, uh, picky albacore. And he just sent me the first prototypes of the, uh, of the jig the other day. 
And so NC Sinkers on Instagram, you can go check him out. He does all kind. I mean, he's got tons and tons of molds. He even designs his own molds on AutoCAD, gets them, you know, 3D printed, and then makes the mold and then pours molds. Um, so that's what he did for these. But essentially, it's like just over an inch. It's a little casting jig. It's not gonna show up well color wise. There we there go. There it is. Um, and I think the apple core will eat it really well when they're being real picky. And he even he named it for me. The Judd jig. <laughs> and he put it in the mold, which I thought was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, he's got a bunch of colors. If y'all are interested in these for, for Benita and Albacore when they're eating that really small bait, um, leave a leave a comment. Hit, hit me up on Instagram or leave a comment on YouTube or something like that because I'm going to try to start producing these and selling them a little bit um, just to get them out there because it is so frustrating when you're Albacore fishing and you don't have a jig small enough to get them to eat. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is still bigger than the bait they eat, way bigger than the bait they eat, but I think it's small enough that if you rip it really fast, they're going to eat it because um, that's typically kind of the play. But I think I'm even going to work with them on making something a little bit smaller like this, um, like yeah. just under an inch. But you're going to have to throw it on such a, such a light rod. But um, if they'll eat it, you know, it's definitely worth it. It's worth fighting a little yeah, bit harder. Definitely. But, yeah, if you want to want me to start making these and, and you've been able to, to pick them up, I think these would also work great jigging and, and shallower water, um, casting for Spanish. Just a small profile jig can be really effective. Um, so just hit us up on Instagram or on here or on YouTube or I don't know what here is, but just hit us up somewhere and let us know if you want some <laughs> want some Judd jigs. Um, Judd has about 15 websites, so it should be pretty easy to find. <laughs> maybe so, maybe not though. Maybe that'll make it. Maybe that makes it more difficult. Um, but let's talk a little bit about. We've talked about location we've talked about baits have we talked about tide like when is the when is your favorite time in the tide to fish them uh no we haven't what 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 would you say inshore i don't sheephead fish inshore much mm-hmm. i go a couple times a year i feel like but i definitely fish i like to fish them in the ocean mm-hmm. what is your favorite tide inshore to fish because i feel like i would not be a good representation of, of knowing that well enough i don't think for me um I feel like the bite will shut off slightly at like slack tides, but anytime there's just some tide movement, I think it's pretty good. Gotcha. Um, if the tide's really ripping, like if it's going from a negative low to a flood tide, um, it might affect a little bit just because there's so much current. Yeah. Um, so I'd say on your normal tide swings, anytime that the water's moving is is generally like the better times okay. um so, but again i'm i'm expert on like i haven't written down what the tide's been doing when um when i've caught them really well but i i do seem to remember the tide was always moving yeah moving pretty good there's not like mm-hmm. a specific like oh the first two hours of the falling tide and um, not that i've noticed but again like I, I could be wrong on that but not not that i've noticed yeah for sure i would say the same thing i mean based off of my my minimal experience of doing it inshore um but it's uh you know it, i think it depends on the area too you know if it's an area that the current rips super hard they'll probably bite a little bit better when that current slows down if it's an area where the current's just kind of a steady flow the whole time through the tide cycle they'll probably mm-hmm. eat the whole time so Mm-hmm. Um, just like any fish, they don't want to expend too much energy in that current of feed. So, if it's a good current break, though, they probably will. If there's a good eddy or whatnot. Well, let's talk yeah. a little bit about. Let's move into talking about like bait and mm-hmm. what we like to fish or what 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 type of bait we like to use and um, 
we'll go in. Sorry, I'm just firing questions at you, but you're good. Um, backing you up. Uh, share with us kind of the, the couple different types of bait that you like to use for for sheephead fishing. Sure, I'll start with my failures first, and then I'll Sweet. go into like <laughs> my successes. <laughs> um, I think for the longest time, everything I read online was like, "Oh, you want to catch sheephead? Like, cut shrimp." I was like, "Okay." And man, I don't think I ever caught a sheephead on cut shrimp, and it might be because it's just you know old bait and it's dead and it's been frozen and it's not fresh but really i think it's just because everything eats it yeah like the pinfish the mullet the croakers the black sea bass you know everything eats a cut shrimp and it just gets picked apart before you can even um get a real bite and i, I think you had a good point i can't remember when you if it was last night or a, a different time but you said the uh, to be successful with essentially like structure fishing or reef fishing is like to have that bait down there and presented for as long as possible yeah. and not get destroyed by other little fish. Um, and so then I moved to uh, fiddler crabs, which are generally pretty easy to find as long as the tide's low. Yeah. Um, and so th- those are really good baits for me for a while. And uh, I think you can have a lot of success on fielder crabs, and, and they're, like I said, fairly easy to find. But they, they also do get picked apart a little bit. Not near as bad as a cut shrimp, but you will you will need a lot of fiddler crabs <laughs> if you plan on going keep that fishing for more than a couple hours. Um, like, I don't know, how many, how many do you think you would need for... Yeah, solo, like... I, I... When you're, I feel like fishing a fiddler crab, one doesn't last more than like 15 seconds down there, ever. Yeah. So you're changing baits yeah. like every, well, maybe every 30 seconds. Let's say 30 seconds. You're changing bait every 30 seconds. So let's say two a minute. Is that yeah. is that true, or you think it's you think it's that quick? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, sometimes they last longer than others. Um, but let's the, average the, one the a minute. Thing is one a minute. So if you the, want to fish for an hour, big, it's nice to have 60 crabs. Yeah. I think the big thing is, too, um, is a lot of times it, it might not be trash fish picking the bait off uh, or picking it apart. A lot of times it's sheepshead. Yeah, Because they're true. notoriously hard to hook. And you'll feel them. It, it might feel like a little trash fish picking at it, but it, it could be a sheepshead. Um, so if you, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. You're like, man, am I just like on a piling that's full of trash fish or is there just sheep's head all over the place down there picking my crabs apart every time i put it down there <laughs> that's so true um, but uh I, I think filler crabs are really good to use and then if you if you had the time and you want to put on some gloves and your extra tufts and go walk around on a oyster bar at low tide i think mud crabs are probably the uh the best option the cream yeah the cream de la cream the cream de la cream. Um, yeah, mud crabs, man. They have they have really changed the game, at least in my opinion, for that uh, that flood tide or that uh, sheepshead fishing. Just because the simple fact of how thick their shell is and how well they last down there. Uh, and, and the more and more I clean fish, like the crab eating fish, like sheepshead, redfish, um, black drum, like every one of them always has mud crabs in its stomach. There's a lot of baits I've caught redfish on that they that I don't really ever see in their stomach. Like I rarely see mullet and menhaden 
and like slot red fish's stomachs, it's always like blue crab, mud crab, and shrimp if it's fresh. But a lot of times, shrimp just get just disintegrates so much quicker and easier. And don't get me wrong, I'll see bait fish, but more times than not, it's like croaker or spot or something like that in a red fish's stomach than mullet and Manhattan. Um, but they're definitely using mud crabs as a large part of their diet. I think they're um, the sheep's head, the black drum, the redfish, and maybe maybe more so the maybe more so the the black drum and the redfish than the sheep's head. But the sheep's head definitely like to eat them. Um, yeah. So it uh it, it's a it's a great bait. That thick shell just holds up so well. It's like a stone crab shell pretty much. And so um, yeah. you will a lot of times like you'll hook the sea bass that are screwing with it. But the crab's still in there and it's fine. But like the the sea bass just gets hooked, you know, it's a little small dinky sea bass, and you just t- pop him off and then drop the crab back down there because it's completely fine. Um, yeah. But the other thing, the other bait that I agree with you on all those baits. Um, the other bait that can be good to use is is like freshly quartered blue crab. Um, you can definitely catch sheep's head on freshly quartered blue crab. I would say it's it's out of I would. The order of what I would like to fish would be a mud crab first if I could fish it, a fiddler crab next if I could if I can't fish mud crab, then after that quartered blue crab. But uh, they'll definitely still eat that quartered blue crab. Sea View Crab Company here in town is a great place to go get uh, live crabs by the dozen. You can go in there and ask for um, a dozen mixed crabs, and that'll be your cheapest option of like uh, jimmies and uh, females and um, different sizes. So. That's a good way to, and a Jimmy, I think that's a male crab is what I've always thought. So could be wrong. <laughs> if I'm wrong, uh, let me know. Um, but I, I was in there the other day and they were like, we don't have mixed crabs. All we have is Jimmy's left. And so I was like, I'll take the Jimmy's. It was like $30 more <laughs> for just the males because they were all, they were so much bigger. It's usually like, I think like 20 bucks or 30 bucks for a dozen. That's 20 bucks a dozen. And then I think it was like, ended up being like 38 bucks um, for mm-hmm. the, for the all Jimmy's, but they were all much larger. So it is what it is. Um, I'll say too, just a last piece of advice. It's like um, fiddler crabs and mud crabs can stay alive for a really long time. Yeah. And so if you're like planning on going sheep's head fishing in the morning, but the tide's going to be high in the morning, you can always go get them like that afternoon or the the day before on a low tide and get them and just put them in a bucket and yeah. they, they sh- should be fine. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for keeping them alive is just keeping them cool. Like, don't sit mm-hmm. them out in the sun in a bucket. Let them bake. They'll die pretty quick. Uh, and just keeping some moisture in there. So not, not like, drowning them in water, but just, like, if you take some newspaper and wet it and, with salt water and, like, lay it down on the bottom mm-hmm. or, like, a couple paper towels or they just got some moisture down in there with them, that definitely helps keep them alive well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you can keep those things alive. I will tell you, once they die, they stink to high heavens. <laughs> So you'll you'll know pretty quickly. It's funny how quickly crab goes bad. Like as soon as it dies, especially blue crab, like the meat kind of shrivels up in it and it stinks. Yeah, um, I don't doubt it. So, is there anything else we're missing? I know this is a shorter podcast, but like we said, we're trying to trying to sneak her in here, and um, we're gonna try to knock out a short Patreon recording after this as well. So you guys, if y'all have not gone over and checked this out on Patreon, um, we put a lot of extra content up there. Uh, try to answer everyone's questions as quickly as we can over there. And um, if you just want to support the podcast, you like what we're doing, um, it, it is a huge help. It helps us pay for all the back end stuff. And we're just super appreciative of that. So go check out our Patreon. It's just Eastern Current on Patreon. Um, it'll be linked in the show notes on the podcast platforms as well as the YouTube description. Um, but 
Is there anything else we missed for this show here? I don't think so. I think it's, you know, sheephead fishing is pretty straightforward. I definitely recommend people go try it if they haven't before. Yeah. Um, it's a great thing to do with, like, family or kids or um, just something to do on a day when it's poopy out. Yeah, like a rainy day, you can go sit under a bridge and sheephead fish. Yep. On a Saturday if you still want to really get out and fish. So um, get out there. And they're great shot. to eat. Man, they're delicious they're so to eat. They suck on a fillet knife, though. They're hard to clean. <laughs> yeah, they are. Those scales hard. are worse than redfish. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Well, thanks for, for recording with me, Cameron. Guys, as always, thank you all so much for your support. Uh, sorry this is just a little mini episode, but um, we're just, uh, you know, we wanted to talk sheep's head. And personally, I don't think there's much more we can we can dive into on the sheep's head front, uh, you know, in one swing. And seasonally, you know, we're kind of talking about this season. Uh, uh, the summer season for, for sheep's head. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully y'all get out there if you haven't done it and go target some sheep's head. Um, if you have targeted sheep's head a bunch and when we missed anything, definitely leave it in the comments. Let us know. We'll include it in the next podcast. Love to share that with other people. Um, but guys, we will see you on the next episode. Peace.